We are here to talk about some alternative methods to get you out of where you're stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Connie has graced us with our presence to uh, share her story and bridge some of the things that I talk about with everybody all the time, that sometimes you got to go a little out of the box to find the solutions that you want to have. And uh, Connie has worked with, um, you said, your happiness and an addiction coach. And, you know, it's funny. I found, I just did uh, something with an Awaken Your Relationships and how we can be addicted to drama and the cortisol that just shoves through our system. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that. I want to remind everyone just to subscribe, like, hit that notification <laughs> bell because we're going to help you get to a life that you absolutely love. And it's all about self-love and self-care. <laughs> Connie, <laughs> thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So we just met in Costa Rica and we were working with the shamans down there. And um, I wound up in doing shamanic work years ago because uh, after my divorce, I actually wound up with extremely bad PTSD. Like my kids would yell and I would hit the floor like like I had just been through a war. And um And it really jarred my nervous system. And I had one of my coaches say, uh, you really need to go to Costa Rica and do some of this work with the shamans. And, and that was my first experience. And after four sessions, all the PTSD was completely gone out of my system. Like it was crazy. And it's really amazing how some of this plant medicine can really quantum leap you into a place where, um, you know, you can get to this healing space. And it was funny years ago, um, my aunt, she actually died at age 27, but she worked with a lot of Native Americans um, in her 20s. And I feel like I'm kind of uh, making up for what she didn't do in her very short life. And uh, so so you were saying like, well, happy to talk about my plant medicine experience because um, it was the best one you ever had. So do tell. And how does that help people heal for to get happier and to um, help with their addictions? Because there's a lot of addiction stuff going on out there. Yeah, there's a lot. So, yeah, so I help people have healthy relationships with themselves, people, food, and substances. Because mm-hmm. in my life, I suffered with a lot of addiction and bulimia, which is also a, an addiction because you get yep. that away from it as well. And it's a compulsion and a lot of toxic relationships. Um, So I help people release themselves from that. But ayahuasca has, and plant medicine has been part of my healing journey. Mm. It hasn't been the only thing, that's for sure. I've done a lot, a lot, lot, lot of other work (laughs) to support that. But ayahuasca can take you like deeper into like the layers of your consciousness and Mm. see the truth. And um, and for me, I see it, and a lot of people express it like this, um, like the the mother that really cares for you, but she'll like whip you into shape and like show you what you need. Yeah, <laughs> because they call ayahuasca the grandmother. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, and then so the first ayahuasca experience I had was um, I think it was about six years ago, maybe. Um, but I w- it was when I was still working through the bulimia stuff. And um, I'd already done a lot of hypnosis and work like that, that had like reduced it, but I was still there. And um, 
And the first ayahuasca experience I had, um, two people were laying beside me um, who were like really going through it. And they were like, you know, crying, sobbing, wailing. And I wasn't feeling kind of like, ah, la, 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 la. <laughs> my, my reaction was like, oh, they're really going through the healing and I'm not, maybe I'm not worthy of being helped. Oh. And yeah, and then at that moment, the voice of ayahuasca came in and said, "Why do you hate yourself so much?" Oh. <laughs> and then yeah, and then so at that moment, I just like you know went over like oh yeah, like let it all out, and that was and that was really what I needed to hear at that moment, mm-hmm. um, and just like remind myself of that you know uh, I am enough, and um, send myself all that love right and um and so yeah so that was that and then the second um ayahuasca experience I had was a couple of years after that I think maybe three years after that um where I'd been doing a lot lot more work on myself and I was in a much better place um and I'd started doing stand-up comedy in London oh that's awesome (laughs) Um, but I was really resistant to being in the public eye at all. Um, I like wanted my privacy. And, and so um, ayahuasca showed me this like glistening, beautiful boat made out of like beautiful flowers. And it was like a queen boat kind of thing. And, and, the, and she was like, get on the boat. And I was like, I can't get on the boat. What does that say about my ego? <laughs> oh yeah because so many of us identify with ourselves through our ego and our minds and it's like we don't even know how to like operate and filter I always say that you have to start with your heart and then add your smarts one of my teachers taught me that and it's like we just have to get to that place where we can kind of put the ego to the side and be like all right I'm ready for a different way to do this mm. and 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 show me and and Okay, so so you you and your ego were in a little bit of a battle there. Yeah, so on the boat, and then and then she's like, "No, you have to get on the boat. You have to get on the boat in order to help people." Um, because I had in my mind then I wanted to do comedy like about my like addictions and like you know stuff that I was going through and stuff like that. Right. Um, so I got on the boat and then I saw myself like running through um, like tall grass, like Pocahontas, like saving the world somehow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, then, uh, and then after that, I was a part-time coach then. And then mm. in the beginning of the pandemic, um, I, uh, I met a sociopath who um, was actually such a gift because oh right yeah because he he was reflecting my best self back to me and I'm like naturally like very encouraging and like you know light and happy and like you go for it you know all of that so he was like doing that all to me and gave me the courage to uh step forward as a full-time coach Mm. and um put myself out on social media more right and he also, and then because when it was all revealed that he wasn't who he was saying he was at all, I knew that like I had fallen in love with myself because mm. he was the reflection of me in, in that relationship. And that took me into such a deeper 
level of self-love that I'm forever, ever grateful for. Um, even though it was really painful as well. Right. Um, yeah. Well, and, and I do want people to hear that when we are challenged with other people in our lives, um, if we can take a step back, when we calm our own nervous systems enough, that we can really see them as a gift and a teacher. And uh, I've got those people in my life as well, where on some level they make your skin crawl, but on another level, they are helping push you into the highest level of consciousness or the highest timeline of your soul. There's different ways that people say it um, into being the best version of you are in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, and it really can rewire your brain in, um, in any of your addiction processes. I, I, like I said, I just did an awaken your relationships. That was about, are you addicted to drama? Because it shoots cortisol through your system and the cortisol is used to then. So you do stuff or say things or interface with people in such a way that you're reading it. So you can get the addiction of the cortisol, mm -hmm. right? And it could be an addiction to exercise. It could be an addiction to, you know, drugs, alcohol, food, pick it, right? Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be what is like where addiction is normally thought of. It could be this like silent killer that you don't even realize is there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like in your line of work, you meet people that are addicted to the struggle, right? With, po with poverty. Ending, the credit cards. Yeah. It really like, think about it. It's like the excitement and the going through your system when you spend, right? Because mm -hmm. we're all starving for happiness. Mm -hmm. And one way that we do it is we spend money and then you get a spending hangover when you get the credit card bill in the mail mm -hmm. and you're like, oh. you know, yeah. so you might have a shopping addiction. Yeah. I've, I've helped they call it retail therapy and that can't even be closer to the, to, from the truth because it's not retail therapy. I mean, you're really addicted to spending is what's mm -hmm. happening. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and then so and then so after that, I spent three in the pandemic. I spent three months isolated in France, um, in this beautiful farmhouse um, that um, a relative had free. Um, and in that time, I because I was completely by myself, I got to really love myself. It was just after that relationship, right? And. Um, and I was doing a lot of kundalini and um, I had a kundalini awakening where um, where I just felt like complete love and responsibility for everyone in the universe. And just- uh, No, no short feet there. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was the most profound, beautiful experience. And oh, I that's awesome. Yeah, and I so I like surrendered my life to helping people and was like mm -hmm. on this very like high vibrational thing, and I let go of attachment at that point. Like I let go of like the need to be with someone, like have children, like you know all these things that I thought that I wanted. And then when I re-entered society, like some of the attachment came back, right? <laughs> oh sure, because it doesn't all change like in an instant. <laughs> Yeah. Well, because you have muscle memory that goes back to the old way and you're like, oh, but yet on some level, especially when um, one does plant medicine that you, your your physical body wants to go there, but all of a sudden then the connection's gone. Mm -hmm. 
And you're like, like you have to change that muscle memory because once you do some of this shamanic work, it doesn't necessarily, you quantum leap yourself. It's really quite amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then because I was the happiest I'd ever been in France, like when I went back into society and I didn't feel like that, I kept comparing my life like then to then and I was like oh I just want to feel like I did in France like so what does it mean I have to be completely alone like to be that happy (laughs) like and just help people from a distance on zoom you know well don't you believe that we're tested right like I believe that okay so now it's like it comes at you and you're going no no I said I didn't want that anymore and but yet it comes back at you again you're like no 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 you know, I, we, we certainly get tested when we claim a completely different direction and where we want to go. And the key is, is to really recognize. And I think a lot of people right now are actually super tested by this because everything and anything that is still there and stuck, we it's coming at us to make sure that it's gone, that that pattern is gone. Saying, no, 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 I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going over here. No, 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 I'm going over here. And, you know, I certainly have that going on in my world. And I just sit there going, I can't give it energy anymore. I'm so exhausted in the old way of plugging into the world that it's like, when I get around it, I almost get like angry. And I'm just like, because I can recognize it now. And then I go, oh, no, I don't be angry because then I get hooked. And then I repeat the pattern. I'm going, oh, so don't be angry. I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's interesting. I'm like, okay, just stay over there. And I'm just going to walk over here. Like, because once you become aware of that stuff, you kind of go, oh, I'm not playing that game anymore. No, thanks. Right. Do you find that true in your world as well? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think like the more you can become the observer of like your emotions and or like whatever's going on, the the freer you are, right? And like, like, I never thought that I could drink again or like, you know, do any kind of substance again. But now I can take or leave the things that I used to find addictive because I became the observer. Right. Well, and it's interesting, like I've even worked so much. I always talk about our fourfold body. There's our our emotional self, our mental self, um, physical and spiritual. And When I was really, when I'm doing all the stuff to alkaline my body, I talked to anybody six, seven, 10 years ago, Julie was great with a bottle of wine and a charcuterie platter, right? Give me wine, cheese, crackers, and figs. And I'm like heaven (laughs) on earth, right? And I loved, loved, loved Barolos. Anyone who knows me, you know, knows Piedmont region in Italy was my, I'm like, I'm going to own an estate there one day. And it's funny now that I've really like worked on clearing my system and clearing my nervous system and not being distracted anymore by addictions of food or, you know, even just the distraction of, you know, it could be distraction of food, alcohol, wine, you know, it could be relationships, the cortisol, whatever, whatever that is. Now that I'm, I've alkaline my body a lot and I have that space in my nervous system because the PTSD is now gone. Last July was the last time I tried to drink alcohol and I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to get a bottle of Barolo and I'm going to look. I didn't actually like the taste. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've noticed that with certain things. I'm like, oh, I actually find this disgusting now. Yeah, I'm like, oh, because my body has become so alkaline that that acidic and heavy of a red wine, it's not mine anymore. I'm like, oh, fascinating. Because I truly loved it. And I didn't drink it often. You know, I wasn't, I'm not a big boozer. I never have been. You know, but when I went out to a restaurant, I would always have a good bottle of wine. I, that was what I was known for. Everyone wanted to drink wine with Julie because I never was drinking shitty wine. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> I love the Barola region. It's like, oh, I've been wine tasting there. It's so nice. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's fascinating. So because that really is where we find our happiness, right? When we get down to that deep down inner peace where you can find that happiness from within. Yeah, and so ayahuasca is like, a, or plant medicines, they're like a more of like a fast track to like the, the core of that, aren't they? Yeah, it's interesting because I, it's so funny. I had this woman um, reach out to me and for, um, she's like, I've been on your mailing list for 12 years. And I'm like, well, nice to meet you. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, so I'm a therapist and I walk people through um, ayahuasca ceremonies, you know, and I was like, what? Like it floored me that this is really becoming in the psychological and psychology realm. There are a ton of therapists that are now using this as a tool to quantum leap people out of their patterning that have really been suffering patterns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And have you seen that too with the people that you've coached? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's a, there's a time and a like a, a place for that, that the, the ayahuasca. Um, it definitely helps if you do all the other work to support it first and after. You know, it's not just like, because sometimes I see people um, like doing it like every weekend or something. And it's like, yeah, uh, they're missing the point. Yeah. yeah. You've got to integrate it and actually do the work that it's telling you. It's not just going to solve everything. Well, it's kind of like, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Sedona, Arizona. And Sedona is like that as well. You know, it has energy vortexes there. And um, one of my friends has lived there her whole adult life. And she's now in her 70s. And she said, you don't go to Sedona. Sedona calls you there. And I would say the same is true for ayahuasca. Yeah. That if you're doing it every weekend, well, then you've just recreated another addiction. Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched this one video from this one guy one time. He said, after 100 ayahuasca ceremonies, I'm here to tell you, you don't need 100 ayahuasca ceremonies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> if you're really doing your work, because you do, you need to think of it like that's your lab class. And then you got to go back to the world and be like, okay, how do I apply this new knowledge and new way of being in the world? Now that you're more aware and more awake, you know, and, and plug into truly being the creator of your life, because when we're in our addictions, I don't think that we would say that we created any of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's a hard pill to swallow. When I started to realize going, how did I create that PTSD? And I realized it was because I wasn't holding healthy boundaries for myself. I kept thinking that the person I was dealing with was different than how I saw them showing up in the world. Mm -hmm. And 
when I started to realize going, okay, you really, when people tell you who they are, you have to listen as opposed to being like the optimist and thinking that it's something else. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so healthy boundaries is a really big piece of this kind of work. Mm, Yes. And mostly for a protection from yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how is this most recent one so profound for you? So, yeah, so because so I mentioned how good I felt in France is because, like, I wanted to tune, I've been trying to tune back into that frequency that I felt mm. in France, that happiness. Mm. And so what I felt in the, in, the, uh, in the whole retreat is, like, I really did tune back into that mm. happiness. And, um, and ayahuasca was just showing me, like, the the parts of me that I was hold, that have been holding back mm. and like I had some fear around like fully telling all the publicly all the things that I see feel and experience mm. um, esoterically and stuff because I have this idea about how to change how addictions treated and um and like ch- I've rewritten the 12 steps um, oh, fabulous. Yeah. Um, and so I was wondering, well, if I start talking esoterically, is that going to alienate a certain amount of people that need to hear the addiction help? But what came through was like that I'm not forcing my opinion on anyone, but if I don't fully express who I am, then I'm not coming from a truly authentic place. And right. so my words are going to come out differently. So I was like saying, you need to be your full original self and that's why you're the way you are. Right, right. Um, And so it just gave me that like courage to like, oh, okay, yeah, now it's like another layer of confidence. Um, Right. And you know, like the second night you saw that I was the last person (laughs) laying. (laughs) (laughs) Literally was like dancing and she was like, you, you were like, come on, Gali, get up. Get up. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Um, it's because I feel like I was like, I was throwing up like the the old me, the, the part of me that did like have that, those limiting like beliefs and fears about what to share. It is no joke on how we physiologically carry things in our cellular structure yeah. and how important it is to, to move that. Cause the physical is what moves last. You know, I, I can change your finances and I can help you get to a new path financially. But if you still have the cellular structure wiring, this is why I always find that people repeat their, their debt cycles at least three times. And the reason they do that is because on a cellular structure, they're still wired with the old, even though if you, if you had $30,000 of credit card debt, You've paid it all off. You're going to jack it back up to 22000 And you do this seesaw thing until you're completely out of it. And, 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 and then you'll marry somebody who has your old patterning. And that's the test because you're like, got to hold the boundaries for yourself. And then I find that then all of a sudden you divorce the person if they don't shift with you because you're marrying your trauma self, not actually your whole self. And the, this is the subconscious patterning that we create. And we don't realize we are the creators of these patterns. And literally, it's on a physiological cellular structure. Like I will tell people over and over again that my, my marriage was a trauma bond. Mm-hmm. 
And I recognize it wholeheartedly, a trauma that I had when I was a child. I was sexually molested by a Catholic priest that was a family friend and found out that he got to other family members as well. I wasn't the only one. But when I started to do this shamanic work, I released it for myself. And that actually helps release it for other family members because you're changing the energy, you're changing the patterning, and it makes it easier for everybody and anybody else to unpack that patterning. And there's this incredible healing. And then, you know, my ex, he had his trauma that, you know, that's his story to tell, not mine, but it was a trauma bond. And I can recognize that now and have so much more love and compassion for where it is that we're moving forward. But if we don't regulate our own nervous systems and do our own personal work, because so often we want to change the other person. Like I, I've watched in some of the shamanic work, like they always tell you, stay in your lane. Like don't, don't go in like, you know, th you think the person next to you wants to be saved and they want to talk to you. And I was reminded of that because I was watching this one woman like, Totally like she was like rubbing this other person's back and I'm like, get your hands out. I'm like, oh, stay in my lane because I always <laughs> want to be the defender, right? Like, come on, get off of that. What are you doing? And like, it's so fascinating to me how, you know, it's really we're so afraid to go inside and do our own work. And really, that's the issue. It's the fear of your own greatness on some level. Mm. Yeah, so, like quote at the beginning of your book. Sorry about that leaf, the leaf blower. That's okay. The quote, oh yeah, can I, the one in Awaken Your Wealth? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to read it for people because it is, I, I love this quote. When I found it, I thought it was so appropriate. Yeah, this is my book, Awaken Your Wealth. Which is really good, by the way. Oh, thank you. It says, man, because he sacrifices his health in order to make money, then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he is never going to die and then dies never really lived. The Dalai Lama. It's a great, great quote. And it's so true. And like you being a happiness coach and to me, I help people what I call embody real wealth, you know, happiness in all areas of your life, because whether you're poor, a debtor, a dreamer, an accumulator, rich, but empty, we all think that this is linear line that we have to walk financially to be happy. And you don't, because I think there's more suffering with people who have more money than people who have less money because they're hooked. Their ego is hooked to protecting my, my you know, palace that I've built. And, and, you know, I didn't grow up with money and we were really happy. My childhood, like we're all pretty, there's 11 brothers and sisters that I have and we're all pretty happy and we all have pretty great lives and we didn't have anything growing up, but we had yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I coach, I coach some people that have got like multi, multi millions, um, but they're like, Oh, it's not enough. It's not enough. And like, it's never enough because they're searching for happiness that doesn't exist in the money. You will never, ever, ever reach that financial goal and find your happiness ever. Because anyone who's obtained the financial fiscal wealth, they're always like, 
this is not the feeling I thought I was going to have when I got here. Yeah, yeah, because I always say that anything that you want in your life, like it's you really want the feeling. And that feeling exists in you already. So like access the feeling first and like the rest will become easier. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, Connie, if anybody needed any help or assistance on being uh, getting through this place of happiness and working through their addictions, how do they get a hold of you? Um, so they can find me anywhere on social media. Well, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at, at Connie Rose Coaching. That's beautiful. Because you know what? We all deserve to have this profound sense of happiness because that's why we're here. We're here to experience this playground. I always tell people when they're trying to make a financial decision, I ask them, I go, which one makes you giggle more? And they're like, what? I go, which decision makes you giggle more? Like, well, which one's more fiscally prudent? I'm like, that's irrelevant. (laughs) Because even if it's more fiscally prudent, if it doesn't move your heart and soul, Mm -hmm. it'll eventually blow up in your face. It does every time. Every single time I see this happen, which is why I've, you know, written my books and I'm so excited. I have my third one coming out in the next month. It's called the four spiritual laws of money, which I'm super excited about. And, uh, but that's why I've done my own coaching program. And, um, you know, I, I now do group coaching and that's part of how I've met all of these people that, you know, we meet down in Costa Rica and, um, we, we heal each other's lives. We help each other get to that next place in their journey. And so I appreciate you sharing your journey with all of us and, um, anyone who needs that help, reach out to Connie. All right. Thanks everybody. And don't forget to hit that subscribe, like, and notification bell, because we're going to help you get to a life that you absolutely love. And thanks for being vulnerable, Connie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.